It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and it's presented by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just use the promo code PODCAST1, and you get a 50% sign-up bonus today. It is the show that's so nice, we do it twice. He is Joe Dolan. Formerly a fantasy guru. Check him out on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Total stud. And all of the feedback you guys have given me throughout the year about how much you loved uh, Joe has been awesome. Very much appreciated. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years. I love fantasy football unless my team sucks. Like it sucks this year. Then I hate fantasy football, if I'm being honest. Last couple years, I was awesome. This year, they all got hurt. All of them. Everybody. Every damn one of them. Anyway, sorry, Joe. I'm getting a little upset here. Check out Joe on Twitter. I think I already told you that. I'm Ross, at Ross Tucker NFL. I don't like to lose, which is why I listen to Joe, even when... All my quarterbacks like Roethlisberger, all my tight ends like Jordan Reed, all my everything got hurt. But I am winning. I am up on the Even Money podcast, so you should absolutely check that out. That comes out today. Little NFL betting talk. If you are intrigued, I recommend. All right, Joe. Let's start episode number two with the Cardinals at the Niners. I watched a lot of that Cardinals Bucks game. I have a couple observations. One is that Kyler Murray is going to be very good, even though he made a critical error, which cost them the game. And number two, I think David Johnson might be done. Like I, I don't know I, I don't know what his injury is right now or how healthy he's feeling, but he doesn't even look close to the same guy that he used to look like uh two observations of mine are that i agree with you on both of those points uh kyler murray to me let's start there and let's start on the high end because i don't want to i don't want to write a eulogy right now um and we're gonna have we'll, we'll, we'll publish that we'll, we'll do that in a few minutes but kyler murray is it just me or is he having like the least discussed decent season for a number one overall pick ever? And maybe it's because it's decent. Because a couple years ago, Jared Goff was atrocious, so everybody loved to crap on him. And then and then Baker Mayfield was awesome at the end of last year, and everybody's like, oh, he's the next great quarterback. Kyler Murray's kind of come out. He's shown development. He's made mistakes. And he's been all right. And nobody's talking about him. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah, I think that there's probably some truth to that. I mean, it's just – I feel like when a team it, – it, it's the Arizona Cardinals. They're not yeah. – you know, they don't have a great record. I, I just think it it gets lost in the Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson world. Yeah, it does. I think that's exactly what's going on right now. But Kyler Murray's throwing the ball well. He has super arm talent, and I think his size is going to be an issue. I mean, we see passes get batted down and all that stuff, but it was great to see him. I mean, some of those throws down the field to Christian Kirk were just phenomenal. 
utterly phenomenal. The problem is this is the second time, I believe, in three weeks that they're going to be playing the 49ers. And two weeks ago on Thursday Night Football, everything for Kyler Murray and this team was at or near the line of scrimmage. So I think they should try to stretch the field a little bit more with Christian Kirk. Uh, But they were clearly worried. Cliff Kingsbury clearly worried about that 49er pass rush, that secondary, um, but especially the front seven. And the thing that's going to be troubling for Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, who in that game combined for 46 yards on six target on six catches. The problem is it kind of worked. They almost won that game. Now, Andy Isabella had the had the touchdown late, but they had a shot. They truly did have a shot in that game to do to do some damage. They came out and they ran the ball well with Kenyon Drake. I wonder if they're going to take a similar approach. So while I think Christian Kirk has far too much upside to bench in my season-long leagues, I don't know if I'm going to be going back to the well after he finally busted out of the touchdown uh, out, out of the touchdown regression hole last week. Um, uh, against Tampa Bay. I don't know if I'm going back to that well. Anything else for the Cardinals? Larry Fitz, um, Kenyon Drake, what do you got? I feel like Fitz is the better play of the wide receivers only because of how the Cardinals played last time out against the Niners. Everything was close to the line of scrimmage. But the running backs, Ross, I didn't want to say it, but I, I agree with you at this point. Now, Cliff Kingsbury did say, look, He's playing through back and ankle injuries, and I truly hope that that's the problem right now with David Johnson, that that he's too banged up. But I don't know how you can play this guy. I really don't. Uh, for fantasy purposes, I mean, he was a disaster against Tampa Bay last week, and that's not – I know their run defense has been solid, but that's not a very good defense overall. He had five carries for two yards. He caught a pass for eight yards and immediately fumbled it. If you want to look for upside – Kenyon Drake didn't exactly do well either. He caught six passes for six yards. The question I have is if Chase Edmonds is ready to play soon, do they shut down David Johnson? Because Drake and Edmonds might be their two best backs right now. Yeah, I I mean, I think they consider it. I I absolutely agree with you. Um, Kenyon Drake had the huge game against the 49ers. So if you want to play, if you want to play the, uh, the 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 history game, which isn't always the best thing to do, but Kenyon Drake had 162 yards from scrimmage on 19 touches two weeks ago. He's the better play in this backfield. And maybe he's going to go a little bit under-owned in DFS because of the crap fest that we saw last week against Tampa Bay. Uh, what about on the other side in this one? Well, Niners... We saw the up and the downs of Jimmy Garoppolo the last two weeks. I thought two weeks ago against the Cardinals, uh, uh, or excuse, yeah, against the Cardinals, I thought he played maybe the best game of his career. Last week, uh, or Monday night against the Seahawks, he was pressured. He made shaky decisions. Ultimately, his receivers let him down with some drops. And most importantly, he lost Emmanuel Sanders early in that game and he didn't have George Kittle. So his two best receivers were out of that game. I would expect... Well, uh, I, if, if Kittle can play, great. He's probably the more important of the two. Um, but if he gets one of those two guys back, I would expect him to bounce right back. And the good news is, despite some drops, we are finally seeing the upside of Debo Samuel. This guy is explosive and he's physical. You know what he reminded me of out there against the, Se- the Seahawks on a Monday night, Ross? Who? Pierre Garçon. Oh, I can he, see that. I, 
Now, I think he's more explosive than Garcon was at the end of his career. But you remember early in his career with the Colts, Garcon was kind of a downfield option for Peyton Manning. But I think there's a nastiness to Debo Samuel's game that I think is going to translate really, really well in the future. He is somebody who I think you can consider as an every week wide receiver three at this point, especially if Sanders is going to miss the game. Okay. Um, what else on the uh, on the Niners part of it? You mentioned Debo Samuel. We don't really know. What are you thinking about Kittle or Dwelly? Uh, Dwelly is not an option for me. I just, I'll, I'll go to somebody else. Um, my, my guy, Tom Brawley, my, my friend and, and my co-host on my other show, he, he called it perfectly the other night. He said, he said, if you are worried about Kittle, pick up Hollister, who was playing the Monday night game as well. And that obviously worked out. Dwelly doesn't do it for me. Um, I, at this point, I'm not playing a tight end here. If Kittle doesn't go, uh, I, I still think Jimmy Garoppolo streamable against this defense again, two weeks ago on the road. I thought he played the best game of his career. The other name that I think I need to bring up here is Raheem Mostert, who whenever he gets an opportunity, he seems to come through. And Matt Breida left Monday night with an ankle injury on which the reports came out today that he's getting a second opinion. So that seems to suggest as much of a robot as Breida is, he always seems to play hurt. That seems to suggest coming off the short week that he's going to have a shot to miss this game. And Raheem Mostert could be a solid, cheap DFS option and somebody you can pick up off your waiver wire and use as a flex option this week keeping it moving here on a wednesday edition episode number two of the fantasy feast we've got the Bengals. yuck at the raiders although the Bengals did get joe mixon i don't know how in that game when they got annihilated he got 30 carries how does that even happen that was the Bengals giving up that was the Bengals saying, we are getting our butts whipped. Let's get out of here as fast as possible. That's what that was, in my opinion. And Joe Mixon, hey, maybe they're going to keep doing that. Uh, this Raiders team, I think you could throw on this team a lot easier than you can throw on the uh, on the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens just was not a good matchup for, for Ryan Finley in his first game. But now he's got to go to the black hole and he's got to play against uh, and he's got to play against these Raiders who are red hot right now. They're feeling good. They think they can win the division uh, with they're just a they're just a I think a half a game or, a, or, or a, yeah, I think it's a half a game behind the Chiefs at this point. So I think they feel like they can go out. They can they can win this division. Um, I think they're fired up. I think it's a terrible matchup for Ryan Finley. And even though I don't believe a whole lot in this Raider defense, I do believe that they play hard for John Gruden and Paul Gunther. This is my favorite streaming defense of the week that is almost certainly available on your waiver wire. I think as of recording, they were available in over 95% of, of Yahoo leagues. So the, Ra- the Raider defense is the one I'm going to pick up. Joe Mixon's an RB2 on the low end. Maybe you can play Tyler Boyd. I want nothing to do with anybody else here. And A.J. Green wants nothing to do with this organization, as he shouldn't. This team has utterly given up. The question right now, Ross, that I want you to answer is Burrow or Tua? Mm. I'd probably go Burrow, and I I think that durability is a big part of that. You know, I, I don't think he's missed any time, whereas Tua, back-to-back years with ankle surgeries, playing college football, uh, that that would concern me. It's a good question. Really good question. And, uh, what about yeah, – go just, ahead. Sorry, just worth pointing out, the last time that the Bengals had the number one overall pick, they picked a Heisman-winning senior quarterback named Carson Palmer. Right now, Joe Burrow is on pace to be a Heisman-winning senior quarterback. Just yes. 
And he's from Ohio. I don't know where in Ohio, but he's from Ohio. Bring um, him home, baby. There are a lot of Ohio State fans in Cincinnati, so they would be that would help too. Although he doesn't play for Ohio State anymore, he does play for the Bayou Bengals, the LSU Tigers. Uh, Raiders narrow, very narrow. Joe, talk about the narrow Raiders. I have a crush on Josh Jacobs. I freaking love this guy. He is awesome. And I just wish – I know Gruden's kind of managing things and he thinks Jalen Richard, you know, can contribute in the back. I just wish they'd play Josh Jacobs more. He's barely over 50% of the snaps, but he comes in, he runs for the game-winning touchdown against the Chargers. I know you've talked to Greg Cosell about the guy. I mean, I think he's a top five back in the NFL right now based on skill set and how he's performing. This guy is awesome. Yeah, he's pretty darn good, man. What about uh, Waller, Tyrell Williams, Carr? What else you got? Uh, Tyrell Williams is a wide receiver three. Uh, fortunately, this is a glorious matchup. I mean, I, I think I, I'd say, look, look, they went deep to Marquise Brown, the Ravens did, uh, on the first play of the game against the Bengals in week number 10. Wouldn't be shocked if Tyrell Williams does the same thing. I think he's a sneaky DFS option because he's kind of fallen out of the the public consciousness because he hasn't scored recently or hasn't done a whole lot recently. I think Derek Carr is a viable DFS quarterback. He's somebody who you can tell right away if he's playing with confidence, and he has played with confidence for pretty much this entire season. He's quietly playing good football. I think he is bought into the system. I think Gruden is in a play-calling zone. Uh, if you're really desperate for a PPR option, I think Hunter Renfro is on the uh, is on the docket this week. Uh, and Darren Waller, five targets last week. Unfortunately, uh, Foster Moreau has started to take some of the attention away from him. But Waller, you still have to play given the, the dearth of options at the tight end position. I think all of them are viable for DFS. I like Tyrell Williams as kind of a, a, of a pivot play because I guarantee you with the Raiders 10-point favorites at home, Josh Jacobs is going to be one of the most popular DFS plays of the entire week. I love it. We can move on, and we can move on to – how about a little game called the Eagles and the Patriots? Uh, why don't we start with the Patriots? Both teams off of buys, Joe. Uh, we'll start with the Patriots. Obviously, they have their issues. They're playing on the road. What do you think? The Eagles really want to get after the quarterback here, and I'm not breaking any news to you. But the last time, Ross, you might remember the last time these two teams played. Uh, it was it was in a pretty big game. Tom Brady threw for over 500 yards in that game. The problem is they just don't have that kind of talent at the pass catcher spots anymore. They don't have anybody who can really stretch the field all that well. There's no more Rob Gronkowski. This is a team that's built around the backfield. The bad news for the Patriots is the Eagles are very well designed to stop the run. They've been doing it well. I think Fletcher Cox, the defensive tackle for Philadelphia, played his best game of the season against Chicago two weeks ago. And that's certainly not what the Patriots want to see with Fletcher Cox then getting another week to rest up from the, the dings and dents that he had accumulated. So this is a bad matchup, in my opinion, for what the Patriots want to accomplish offensively, which I think is start things with Sony Michelle and then maybe dump the ball off to James White and move the chains with Edelman and Mohamed Sanu. On the other side of things as well, towards the back end, Philadelphia's secondary has significantly improved since the return of Ronald jo uh, Ronald Darby and um, 
and uh, Jalen Mills from injury. Those two guys have really uh, raised the uh, the floor and the ceiling of that secondary. And I'm not trying to tell you that this is an impenetrable matchup, but two weeks ago, they held Allen Robinson to six receiving yards. That was, that was a popular DFS play for sure, given the numbers that the Eagles had given up. I think this is going to be a tougher matchup than people are expecting for the New England Patriots. My favorite Patriots to play in this game are James White, Julian Edelman, and Mohamed Sanu, I don't even think it's a particularly great matchup for Brady based on the interior pressure that the Eagles can get. So a tough matchup across the board for the Patriots. I think this Eagle defense, this is why I thought wide receiver was a bigger need for the Eagles at the trade deadline, because Mills and Darby have given them some competency that they completely lacked early in the season. They really have. And What else do we need to say about the Patriots offensively and their fantasy guys in this matchup? Uh, it's a downgrade for some. Now, I know they're three and a half point favorites, but they're on the road against a really good run defense. I do not think this is a good matchup for Sony Michelle. I, I think it's a bad matchup. Now, he's been a little bit more involved in the passing game. I just, I, I think this is a low ce- ceiling matchup, low floor, low ceiling matchup for Michelle. He needs to hope for something like what happened to David Montgomery two weeks ago, where he didn't exactly have a great game, but he got two short rushing touchdowns. That's what I think you need to help uh, hope for if you're playing Sony Michelle on this one. Anything else on New England before we move on to Philadelphia? Nope, that's about it for New England. Not a great fantasy team right now. All right, Eagles. Let me just tell you what's going to happen here. Please do. The receivers are going to get locked up by the Patriots defensive backs, and they're going to put a vice on Zach Ertz on third down. I can guarantee Zach Ertz is not going to beat him. So I like Goddard and maybe Miles Sanders out of the backfield, although if the Eagles are smart – They'll probably try to just run the ball against the Patriots. Uh, Ross, I'm taking the rest of the show off. You've done my job for me. Uh, I love this one for you, Ross. Uh, One thing I will also say, you said vice for Ertz on third down. How about the fact that a couple weeks ago, in week number eight, the Bills put Tredavious White on Zach Ertz. Are the Patriots going to do the same thing with Stephon Gilmore? Because I would not be shocked if they do. What are they going to put? They going to put them on Jeffrey, who can't run, or Jordan Math? Jordan Matthews is instantly the Eagles' second best wide receiver, and that is a problem. That's yeah. a problem for Philadelphia. Yeah, and honestly, I'm not even sure how far he is away from being their best. Like, I'm I'm not sure how much worse he is than Alshon Jeffrey. What the Eagles have to hope for is that Jeffrey's lack of production has in large part been because he was dinged up and playing hurt, and the bye week did a lot of good for him. But I completely agree with you. Like, signing Jordan Matthews was a no-brainer for the Eagles, but it doesn't change the calculus of what this offense needs to be. It needs to be a run-based offense. They need to do a lot of crap on the run with the run game and try to take advantage of defenses uh, over committing. And that's exactly what happened to, uh, to the Patriots two weeks ago against the Ravens. Now... The difference here is, of course, Carson Wentz, as as athletic and as mobile as he is, he's nowhere near the run threat that Lamar Jackson is. So, But I wonder if the Eagles will incorporate just a little bit of Carson Wentz being part of the run game to try to take advantage of what happened to the Patriots a couple weeks ago. Doug Peterson, I will give him this, he has been a creative run game designer this year. Jewel, uh, uh, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders have been excellent. They've been a top five running back duo in the NFL. I would anticipate those are the two focuses for this for this offense. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree. Anything else before we move on to the night game? 
No, uh, this is about it for the Eagles. I, I just don't love the matchup. I think Jeffrey's a wide receiver three. I do kind of like your point with Goddard, though. I wonder if you want to save some bucks at the tight end position if he's the guy to go with. Because I don't think it's ridiculous to say he's their most explosive receiver not named Miles Sanders right now. And that's a problem for the Eagles, but it also is a testament to his talent. Yeah, I would agree. Um, the night game, Sunday night, it's the Bears at the Rams. Now, the Bears got off to a really slow start again. Uh, but I'll give him credit. Trubisky actually had a few nice touchdown passes to Bronk. You probably didn't even know that Ben Broniker's <laughs> nickname at Harvard was Bronk. It's, it, by the way, I will say this. There is nothing weirder about the NFL, Joe, than the number of Harvard tight ends that are in the NFL. And actually, I'll take it a step further, but Cam Brate with the Bucks, Anthony Ferkser with the tight with the Titans, Ben Broniker with the Bears. Usechek is still kind of a tight end. He was a tight end of Harvard. He's still kind of a tight end, fullback, H back, whatever, with the Niners. That was four tight ends in a row for them. I, I think they might have been four years in a row, Joe. Like, that's tell me that's phenomenal. not crazy. Or, or something, like, something like that. And then I got another one for you, since you're so into Ivy League tight ends. Princeton, Princeton's quarterback and both wide receivers from last year's team are in the NFL. One's on IR, one's practice squad, one's active roster. All three are tight ends. They, Who's they, the active they, roster guy? Steven Carlson for the Browns. Oh, okay. Carlson. Wow, that's incredible. He you just know got bumped up by the Browns. And Seth the Valve is a Princeton tight yes, end. He is. Like, and Jaden Graham for the Falcons, a Yale tight end. Evidently, Ivy League tight end is like where you want to be. It's crazy. Or O line. You know what they all have in common? We all get pissed when they score touchdowns because none of them are fantasy relevant. But man, they're the dude. No, Cam Brayton use check. Oh, I guess maybe not. Yeah, um, I mean, Brayton, I would have loved to see him score a couple weeks ago when, but uh, but, but I guess the ribs were a problem. But I did not realize that. Uh, now I knew the Harvard. I knew Harvard actually ran pretty deep in the in the uh, in the in the NFL, obviously with Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I, I did not know that they had that many tight ends. Is is there a is there a Dartmouth tight end in the NFL or am I making that up? Um I think you're making that up. Okay. I figured you would know better than I. Um I would say what was I gonna say to you though? Um I can't remember. Um we'll just have to move on because I'm clueless. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Ben, ben Broniker was Bronk. That oh, I was gonna say you don't see a lot of uh, corners in the NFL from the Ivy League. <laughs> yeah, I'm, guess, I'm guessing not, that that one's not terribly not a, not a real breeding ground for NFL corners, but there are tight ends and uh, offensive linemen. All right, uh, you're all in on Broniker in this game. Uh, all of in? course I am, Ross. I'm all in on him. Uh, I wonder if the Rams should should try to trade for him and play him at, at offensive line. Because the Rams' offensive line is an utter disaster right now, and it is a major problem for them because Jared Goff has absolutely zero second reaction ability. And at some point, you have to take a look at this on a bigger level and wonder, when is this thing going to get fixed? Because they haven't made a first-round pick since 2016. That was Jared Goff. 
and they're not making another one until 2022. So their best offensive lineman right now is Andrew Whitworth. Whitworth turns 38 next month. He'll be 41 by the time they make a make another uh, uh, first round pick. It's really bad. Uh, it, it's it's bad right now up front. They've got to hope that this line gets it together. But I just don't understand, even with a bad offensive line, how Cooper Cup can go a game without catching a pass. I do not get it. I this this team is broken right now. And they are really grasping for something. And even though they're at home, and I know they're far better at home, and going to Pittsburgh is tough, and that's a great Pittsburgh defense, I don't know how much better this matchup is against against uh, Chicago and that pass rush and Khalil Mack. It's a bad matchup for the, brand, for the Rams, and everybody is downgraded right now from where we thought they were even three or four weeks ago. It has been a bad season for Jared Goff and company. Really, really has. Um, did you even go over all the Bears players? I guess that was it, huh? I didn't touch. I didn't touch on any of the Bears yet because there's not a whole lot of them. But I mean, with the Rams, I think Woods is a wide receiver three. I'm still considering Cup a wide receiver one. Uh, I, I think last week was a fluke. You can play Gerald Everett, but Todd Gurley. All the I can't believe this guy in a calendar year went from one of the best fantasy backs we've ever seen to one of the most boring touchdown dependent assets ever. It's it is a shame right now what's going on with this team. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and and I got news for you. They've got no way to like make it better. I mean, they don't have any first round picks for years. Andrew Whitworth's definitely done after this year. He's probably their best offensive lineman, even though he struggled the other day. I mean, they're in a bad spot, man. They're in a really, really they're in cap hell. It's they're in a bad spot. Uh, Bears, Montgomery, Allen Robinson. Talk to me, Dolan. Montgomery, uh, RB2, Allen Robinson. Wide receiver three with Jalen Ramsey on him. I'm not trusting Mitchell Trubisky after he threw a couple nice touchdown passes against the Lions. Let's leave it at that. Those are your, and maybe you can use Tariq Cohen in a PPR league. Those are the only three guys you can consider. Cohen, Robinson, and Montgomery. Let's leave it at that. That's that's about it for them. Uh, they uh, one one decent game is not selling me on the Chicago Bears. Okay, how about Monday night? This game is in Mexico City, which seems like an awesome field for Patrick Mahomes and his uh, torn kneecap deal to play. I will say this, Joe. He looked pretty damn good to me, man. I mean, he looked he good. Uh, f- over 400 yards passing in that game against a tough Titan defense. Uh, here's the thing. Just start them all. I mean, Tyree kill, duh, Travis Kelsey, duh, uh, Sammy Watkins again, continues to be inefficient. I just don't get it with this guy, but he did see nine targets. He gained only 39 yards, but he saw nine targets. He's a wide receiver three. Um, if you are looking for an upside wide receiver from Kansas City, the guy to go with, even though Miko Hardman scored the touchdown, the guy to go with is Demarcus Robinson. He played up and over 60% of the snaps. Hardman was down below 25%. So if you need a, like a third receiver from Kansas City, it's Demarcus Robinson. And one more thing to point out about the Chiefs. I do not buy the load management crap with LaShawn McCoy at all. I thought he looked terrible the last couple of games, and now maybe that's why they're benching him. But even though Damian Williams fumbled and really ended up costing them the game against Tennessee, he gives them so much more at this point than LaShawn McCoy. Williams has gone over 100 yards from scrimmage in back-to-back games. He does more for them in the receiving game. Uh, Unfortunately, 
if you drafted him early, he's already hurt you. But maybe you made a trade. Maybe you picked him up off the waiver wire. Maybe you somehow weathered the storm of Damian Williams being a bust for you early in the season. I think he is once again back on the running back two radar. This is his backfield. They should commit to him. Yeah, uh, and I'm totally with you on LaShawn McCoy thing. That's just a cop-out so he doesn't flip out and become a uh, a locker room issue. Totally Well, they agree. wanted to get Darwin Thompson more involved, Ross. Uh, that They did that to the tune of Darwin Thompson playing five snaps and getting one carry and one target. So you can obviously read through that BS. And, and by the way, you know what else teams do then? They just don't have him practice at all, but they still have him active for the game. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, come on, bro. Oh, and load management. By the way, they're in a battle for the division right now. This is not a 10-0 football team. Correct. They're, they're full of crap. That, that's just like a terrible excuse. Uh, what about the Chargers? Well, Melvin Gordon came out and, and has looked pretty good here the last couple of weeks, or, or at least he had a, a nice game against the Raiders the other night. You wonder if the new offensive coordinator, Steichen, is actually doing something nice with this backfield. Austin Eckler, I still would like to see him play more. He is a flex. I think Melvin Gordon's an RB2 based on how he was used. Unfortunately, Phillip Rivers did not play a good game, and I feel like Phillip Rivers has these games where his arm strength just doesn't look like it's there. And and I thought he had one of those games against the Raiders. Uh, this is a, This is a pretty darn good matchup. I think Kansas City's run defense is an abomination. We saw that with Melvin uh, with uh, Derrick Henry last week. I expect Melvin Gordon to be the focal point for the Chargers offense in this game. I think the char- everybody wants to try to shorten the game. The Chargers have actually had some success against the Chiefs in recent years, and I think Melvin Gordon is going to get the ball quite a bit in this uh, Monday night game. Got it. All right, what about Hunter Henry and the receivers? Hunter Henry's a top three fantasy tight end right now. I don't think you really even need to discuss him. The Chiefs gave up a tight end to touchdown to one of your boys, one of the Harvard boys, Anthony Ferkser, last week. Uh, they also gave so they gave up seven catches to Anthony Ferkser and Jonu Smith. Uh, I think I'd venture to guess that uh, even though uh, Hunter Henry didn't go to an uh, an Ivy League school, he's going to do plenty well enough in this matchup. Keenan Allen, I think, has a positive matchup out of the slot. His production has been a big disappointment of late, but he's got a good bounce-back matchup. And Mike Williams has really started showing some confidence getting down the field. I like him as a wide receiver, too, in this matchup. So, to recap, Hunter Henry, top three tight end. Keenan Allen, I have him as a top 12 receiver this week. Mike Williams, top 24 receiver this week. I think Melvin Gordon's a top 12 running back this week or a high-end RB2 based on what Derrick Henry did, and I think you can stream Phillip Rivers. Pretty narrow fantasy team, and if you're really dying, Austin Eckler is a solid flex. Way to finish strong, Joey D. I don't think anybody ever actually calls you Joey D. Your mom will probably be mad at me. That's okay. You know how your mom will feel better? If she gets ExpressVPN. Because ExpressVPN comes with apps for computers, mobile, and digital media players like Fire TV. Plus, ExpressVPN, every time you go online, you're at the airport, you're in a hotel, keep all of your network data encrypted, secure, and safe from hackers. Plus, because it's a virtual private network, there are other benefits to that too. So those of you that are smart and know the advantages of virtual private networks, you can go ahead and take advantage. Protect your online activity today 
and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash feast. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash feast for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash feast to learn more and learn more you will. My friends, just like you learn from Joe each and every week here on the Fantasy Feast Eaton Podcast, please do me a personal favor. And if you like the show and if you listen every week, please do not be a freeloader. Please contribute in some way. We are an independent little engine that could organization. We're not NFL.com or ESPN or, or The Ringer. It's just us. And so even if you just rate and review this show right now, or you just retweet it when Brian at RTF podcast posted it yesterday. You go to the timeline, just retweet it. Those little tiny things that take less than 10 seconds go a long way. Obviously, the best thing to do would be to take advantage of any of our sponsors. But that notwithstanding, those are little ways you can contribute. That really helps. Other than that, totally stuffed at this point. I'm done. I'm cooked. I'm toast. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.